Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Stone, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hey, good evening, Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our rest of our streaming uh, channels. And it's Thursday night. Great night. Great night. Um, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love. Yes. And, and, and we're on question 10. No, question 9, right? Question 9, yeah. Question 9. I, I tell you, these weeks, they go by so quickly. But um, it's great to have you, Julia, again this week. Um, glad to see you. Thank you so much, Quentin. It's great to be back. It's always wonderful to spend time with you on a Thursday evening. I appreciate it. How you doing tonight? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Um, everything's good. You know, we were behind the scenes getting our little laugh on. <laughs> um, you know, it's a pleasure. Um, Julia, before before we get started, yes. I and and, and forgive me for being a little rude. Yes. I don't know if I ever asked you to explain to my audience a little bit about your background and your schooling. I don't know if I ever you ever did that even on either show. I, I think it was more, um, you know, you just said that you were you were a writer and wrote two books, but explain to the audience who you are. You know, Brooklyn girl. Bronx. What? Oh, Bronx. My bad. <laughs> wrong, wrong barrel. <laughs> yeah. Explain to the audience who you are, Julia, if you don't mind. Okay. I actually have uh, an amazing story, um, like most people do. And I usually cut off the first part. But um, thank you for asking. So I was born and raised in the Bronx, um, not too far from Yankee Stadium and what used to be the FIVA, where Curtis Blow used to hang out. And... Um, I dropped out of school in the ninth grade. I was bored to death and <laughs> and I also uh, wanted to 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 make some money to try to support myself. So I dropped out of school. And then at the age of 18, it became evident 
that I needed to continue my education. So I got my GED and went to Virginia State University um, for one semester. <laughs> okay. For one semester um, because education requires discipline and I wasn't prepared at that time. So I returned um, back to New York and took various jobs on and I met a young woman who really inspired me um, towards education. And I went back to college at the age of 27. I went to Borough Manhattan Community College and majored in human services. I graduated valedictorian, which was amazing. Um, and then I went on to Hunter College in New York where I majored in psychology. And then thereafter, I went to uh, Nyack College, where I um, achieved my master's in organizational leadership. So I've been studying psychology for over 20 years. Well, you have you have a friend in the chat that you you not you don't tell your full story uh, enough, I guess. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Good evening. And then drop back in. It was Valerie Victoria. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So, so if you don't mind me asking, yeah, what what made you leave school? You just it just was boring, or you know, I had a I had a lot going on in my life at that mm -hmm. at that point in time, and I know that I was very intelligent, but I I'm the type of person that requires engagement, and I think during that time. I was going to a high school in the Bronx and that environment was totally different than my junior high school environment where my teachers and my guidance counselors were greetings, Lacey, where my teachers and my guidance counselors were very engaged and wanted to ensure my success. I kind of got lost in the sauce in high school. Um, okay. And I didn't have a connection and in the absence of having a connection and then also, you know, needing to work, um, it just made sense to to go. Okay. So, as we proceed, yeah, <laughs> we are on question number nine. Yes. To this uh, beautiful book. Yes. How do you know when you are in love? Oh, yes. Hmm. And what does it feel like to you? Very interesting uh, question that you asked these gentlemen. Well, you know, and I always tell you that um, you perfectly placed these 13 questions at spots where I think it was like a a, a gradual, a gradual thing, so to yep. say. Progression. So I, yeah, it was the progression is definitely there. What did you like about this question? Um, what did you think about this question, Quincy? You know, I, I thought I thought the, the answers was very interesting. Um, you know, I started out. With the first and foremost one, he felt like he got punched by Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, I, I I don't know how he know about getting punched like Mike Tyson <laughs> felt, but if it was Tyson of, of when we were younger, whoo, that's a blow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that that's a blow. That's a blow. Um. So I thought the 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 the, the, the answers were very euphoric. So to say, um, well, a couple people said there was cloud. Um, feels like um, when you're not together, 
like a part of you is missing, feeling a happiness, you can feel it in my heart, feel it in my facial expressions, magical, beautiful, <laughs> intoxicating, the glow. The glow. <laughs> the glow. Yeah, the glow. And I did I did have one I did have one thing I wanted to read and right. I thought was I thought was very interesting. Was 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 Lee. Yes. Lee. Lee said you you asked him, how do you know when you're in love? What does it feel like to you? He said, I don't know. The only woman I've ever been in love with has been a number two pencil and a blank sheet of paper. Yes. That's why Lee is our artist. He was our artist. Um, and I appreciate that honesty. He he did say, you know, he didn't, if he had fallen in love, he said, that mm. he would still be in that place. He said that he, you know, had romantic love with women, but the only enduring love that he had was his art. And he said that that was his, his gift. And he said some people fall in love or love their gift. Yeah, I thought that was interesting that he said that. And, and, and that's usually the case that, I'm, you know, he he's probably a very successful artist because he realized that's what he loves and that's what he loves to do. Mm -hmm. I was always taught when it comes to working, if you don't love your job, you won't put a you won't put a hundred percent effort in. It'll just be going to work, and you hear that a lot of times. A lot of people be like, "I just go to work. I just work there or whatever," and mm -hmm. it's okay because most of the time you just want to take care of your family. But when you're doing something that you love and it's your passion, you're gonna put a hundred, hundred ten percent into it. You're gonna put your all into it, and you're not gonna worry about. Uh, a financial thing, whether you're getting paid, this is just what you do. What you so as I was reading it, I thought that was very interesting. And then he finished it up with, I ain't going to lie to you. I've told that story for 30, 40 years. I'm telling you the truth. I don't know. I really don't know. I've asked people to explain that to me, and they talk to me about this hallucinarian thing. Hallucinarian shit, so to say. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think that, um, Maybe what he describes how he loves his art is how when you ask the other gentleman the question, having that uh, euphoric, that 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 joy, that passion, when they explain it, he could probably explain about his art, but he he don't know to have it. Like he, he answered the question very honest when he said the number two pencil in the paper. So that's his physical in love with instead of a human being, which is interesting because um, in his eyes, he may not, that love that he got may not have flaws unless he, he done drew something that uh, he don't like, so to say. I agreed. But what I found was inter that was interesting is that some of the ways that he talked about how he loves his art was also some of the ways that some of our gentlemen talked about how they know when they're in love with a woman. He said, for example, having no concept of time, the day, mm. anything going on around me, all of that disappears, all of those worries about life, everything disappears when I'm creating. And so it's like, it's kind of like some of the gentlemen in the book kind of express that too. But for Lee, his, his, the, folk, the object of his affection is his art. Yeah, I thought that was that was very interesting. And uh my buddy, 
my buddy Charm, Charm be on it. Like he, man. Let me, I, I you know, I, I took these notes, but I always try to refer to somebody that always catch my interest. Right. It'd be, it'd be real interesting. Charm said, he said, uh, in regards to knowing that you're in love, he said, magical. <laughs> <laughs> you be on this natural high, it feels magical. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. I can say that shit a million times. It's gorgeous, it's intoxicating. You'll be on cloud number 35. <laughs> like you be you be out of here. You be in you be out in space like, yo, I'm lit, I'm lit. Um, yeah. you see it all over your face when you wake up in the morning. Usually your your shit will ju will just be beat up, but when you look at your face in the mirror, you'd be like, cha ching, cha ching. You know, it's 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 amazing because I'm quite sure, like we talked about before, some of the gentlemen when you when you interviewed them, the ones that you were there physically, and you could see that when you asked that question their physical body language. What did you take from the body language when you were asking these questions, like the ones that you physically were able to interview? I, th I think there are two di two different approaches, right? So the first thing is that it's a very challenging question to answer because you have to, you have to go back and you have to kind of reflect on your emotion. And then you have to be able to put that emotion into words. Um, and so, and all of our gentlemen did their very best to describe it and we get a lot from it, but in terms of the body language, I think if it is a positive experience, like in the case of charm, you get to see that excitement and that glow and that happiness, just thinking about it. If it's, um, an experience that may have been challenging, then you get to see, you know, the the willingness to want to express what it felt like and how they know, but also that kind of maybe disappointment that they d didn't still have it. Actually, actually, Eric, those those are subjective descriptions. Those are actually descriptions that these gentlemen felt what love was. Everybody's definition of what love and being in love means to them could be different. So it's not like what they're saying is a blanket statement for everyone else. Their statement is how they feel about themselves. You got yeah. any, you want to answer to that or, or that was sufficient? I think that's, I think that's great. I think the only, I think the only other point is that describing how you know when you you're in love is going to be um extremely subjective for everyone um based on what your attachment style is based on what they're attracted to based on what happens to you um that glow that um charm was talking about is actually tied to those chemical components that we always talk about um so as you're interacting with someone and you're you're enjoying that time you're spending with them, that those chemical components also create that glow on your skin and makes you more attractive to your part to yourself and to your partner. Hey Eric, I see your other question. We're gonna get to that. We kind of went over that, I think, in episode six. I'll show, I'll show Julia the question. What question was that, Julia? 
What is love? That was one of your questions. Hold on. Have the picture. So we didn't answer specifically the question on what is love. We asked answered the question on what does love mean to you? What question was that? Question number two. So that would be episode number two. That question would be answered in episode number two. Or episode number three, because I think we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be episode number three. And then we, because we're like two episodes ahead. We had the first. If you're interested, you can also get a copy of the book. How do you get a copy of the book, Julia? Oh, the book is available on Amazon. It's um, Crown Roof 2 King How Black Men Love. It's the second edition. If you um, wanted a bundle with a book and a men's T-shirt, you can message me directly on Facebook. Okay, great. So, yeah, so back to what we were saying. Um, yeah, I thought what Charm was saying about the glow and, and stuff like that, I thought that was interesting because, you know, even, even a step further, most of them were talking about, like, I forget one of the gentlemen, he said he referred to, like, that teenage, that, that that old teenage feeling like, yo, you know, like back in the day, like the first experience. And, and it's interesting that um, most people refer to that a lot. Most people refer to their first time, like they always talk about that first. And even one of your questions, when was the first time you experienced love? Like, it's interesting that a lot of people always refer to that first person. That first person, and, and a lot of times, in a lot of cases, a lot of people aren't with that first person, but they can remember that first person. They can remember that first person. What I liked, I almost, well, most of the gentlemen, not all of them, but most of them talked about how when one of the ways that they know that they're in love is that they're thinking about that person all of the time. It's the, generally the first person that they think about in the morning and the last person that they think about at night. And that's usually what we experience with our, with our first love. I mean, I don't know about, about you, Quentin, but I remember being on the phone sometimes for hours. <laughs> you, you was making emergency breakthroughs back then? <laughs> for hours. Yeah, now now we're telling our age when we start talking about stuff like that. Emergency breakthroughs. There was no call waiting in, in, in three ways back then on a regular house phone. So right. you was making emergency breakthroughs. So when you was 15, you had a teenage phone in your room? <laughs> yes. And you, and you couldn't be on the phone after 8 o'clock? But you, but you sneak in the closet and you talk on the phone as long as you can. But yeah, it's like you like like some of the gentlemen said, you don't you don't want to be apart from that person. You enjoy falling asleep on the phone. Exactly. Good evening, Helena. Talking about no, I, I ain't fall asleep. Yo, I, I, I want that wasn't me you heard snoring. That was my brother. You know my brother big, you know he snore. You know we got bump beds. <laughs> <sighs> And telling the person, you know, go ahead and go to sleep, get your rest. I'll sleep. Yeah. Well, matter of fact, you you go to sleep, I'll stay on the phone, listen to slow jam. When you wake up in an hour, you just hit me back, you know. But but you just hit me back, but I'm gonna stay on the phone with you. Right. <laughs> but it's that that wanting to to just always be around that person because of the good feeling that you have when you're with them. Nicole, you know, you remember emergency breakthroughs, Nicole? You're holy. <laughs> Y'all remember the emergency breakthroughs back in the day? <laughs> nah, so 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 yeah, so that's that like 
you'd be like crazy. And it's like, you know how they used to say, oh, you sprung. She got you. You Oh, you jacked up. Even even in what's, what's our favorite movie? Love Jones. Love Jones, yes. When I when Isaiah Washington looking at looking at him, Isaiah Washington looking at Lorenz Tate like, oh, Gone. you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it, like you, yeah, you got it. Good evening, Joelle. Yes, those were the days, and I think you know we do that differently now. We do we we connect and you know express our emotion a little bit different now. We have different ways to. Communicate. And communicate. You think I'm, I'm gonna actually do, do from 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 uh you know as I would say you're an expert in this stuff because you did a field study, as they say you did you did some theory, and then yes. you did some practical work. Um, yes. Do you think that one of the things now compared to back then is that we're so guarded? Like back then, you wasn't guarded. You ain't care if you looked as stupid. You ain't care if his mother was on the phone with which with his aunt. You was making a mercy break. To you was like Miss Williams. I don't care. I need to talk to him now. You know Miss Williams. That's just a fictitious name, so don't nobody go looking for the Williams. But anyway, I'm just using fictitious names right now. But you didn't. So back then, you know, you didn't care. You wrote him letters. You gave it to his best friend in school. You didn't mind, as we would say, you didn't mind embarrassing yourself. No. Now it's more like, it's more guarded. More people be like, I'm staying single. I'll just date. If I do start feeling this person, I'm going to just take extra, extra baby steps and because I need to be careful. It's, we learn... It's, un it's unfortunate in some regard, but then it's also healthy in, a, in another regard is that, yeah, you didn't worry about who called first. It's, it's, um, it's unfortunate in one regard, but it's healthy in another regard. Another regard. After we have so, so, so much experience or after we gain experience and through experience, we have disappointments, we have upsets, we have hurts. We have all these challenges. We learn from those experiences. And sometimes what we learn from those experiences is how to protect ourselves mm -hmm. from additional challenges and hurts and disappointments. And so unfortunately, what that what that um, brings to bear, I've, I've seen, is that instead of being able to trust ourselves and being able to communicate what we feel and be, being able to communicate how we feel about someone, we keep those things to ourselves for fear of being rejected, for fear that the other person doesn't feel the same. Maybe we tried to do it before and it wasn't received well. And so, you know, we, we learn to become a little bit more guarded as we mature. You really have to find, and I think that's what the gentlemen talk about, Matt, Matt said it very, he said it very well. He said, he said he doesn't believe in love at first sight. And he kind of refers to, he kind of refers to a relationship in respect to an egg. He said, most people fall in love with the shell. And he said for him, he has to know what's inside of that egg. He said he has to know that the mentality is, is equal. And that he's on the same wavelength with the person, and that they 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 share the same kind of energy. 
he even went down to the chakras. He said, you know, if the chakras are aligned. And he said, when that happens, it allows you to feel a little bit more free to express yourself and to communicate how you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? No, I'm just I'm I'm just amazed that uh that he that that he he said that. Like he know. You know, a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of times a person may not know. A lot of times they didn't go through. Uh, I'm not gonna say the normal kids. I'm gonna use that word. They didn't go through what everybody else. A lot of people. You got those people that were guarded in high school or whatever, and you didn't really date them much. And then they have this uh, college or midlife experience, and then they just be, uh, as they say, they just they, they came. As we would say, they came off the porch and they just came guns blazing, like yo. <laughs> like they just off the chain. So Come back in the yard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like it's amazing. What? But I, I did I did um like my buddy, my buddy, you know, Coleman. Yes. Coleman. Ooh, went deep. Coleman, um, for those in the chat, Coleman was a guest on the show and um Coleman gave some insight about being interviewed for the book and being very transparent about the questions. Um, Coleman was on in episode nine, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Coleman came on episode nine. For anybody that's in the chat, you go to the YouTube channel, episode nine is there. And you could get a chance to uh, see who Coleman is, see what he's about, see his mannerisms, because I believe that when you see a person physically and you have seen their writing and their words, then you could attach the two and then see why his answers fits him because he's a he's a man of a certain age, uh, a little bit more experienced, a little bit more mature, a little bit more seasoned. So I believe that um, you know, if you want to refer back to episode nine and see who Coleman is, but I thought Coleman's answer to this question was interesting. He said, You need to decipher this thing. Right. First and foremost, is it love, lust, puppy love, or is this thing serious? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What kind of love are we talking about here? I thought what that was interesting. What emotion are we talking about here? I thought that was interesting because he he, he when he when he went further into it mm-hmm. because and I think that that's interesting. I'm, and I'm not um. I see where I see where Eric Eric uh, is saying something in the chat. I have an answer to what he asked earlier. And, and Eric had love are two separate things. Absolutely. And I didn't. I wasn't ignoring what he was saying, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't the right appropriate time to put the question up here. Mm-hmm. This right there, what he said, suits exactly what Coleman coincides with what Coleman said about having clarity on what it is. Right. And I have the definitions here to Eric's earlier point. So love is defined as being deeply committed and connected to someone. Lust is a very strong sexual desire. And infatuation is an intense but short-lived unreasonable passion. Wow. What's infatuation again? Infatuation is an intense but short-lived unreasonable passion. 
Yeah, I think I think a bunch of us know about that intensity stuff. Maybe short-lived stuff. <laughs> yeah, sure. You'll be like, oh man, I'm I'm disappointed. Right. <laughs> like I don't I don't y'all have to excuse in the chat is that um me and Julia have this connection where we can laugh and talk and 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 have this uh chemistry when we go over the book. So um we're not laughing at any of the answers. No. We're just we're just laughing at, you know, when you reflect, when you talk to someone and you can reflect on certain situations that you put yourself in in the past and laugh about it because you know that you've grown from those situations yes. instead of being bitter about it and blaming the next person. Yes. Then you can sit back and say, oh, man, I'm disappointed. I'm upset. Like, the bottom of fell out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the, glad to have had the experience. You know, the, bo the, the bottom of completely dropped out of the plan. You're like, <laughs> I don't work myself up for this? <laughs> like, what happened? Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> and the back. And then, and then, and then, one of your friends, you know, I'm gonna just imitate, imitate you. Of course, I'm gonna just imitate one of your friends, Julia. Uh -huh. And be like, "Girl, what happened?" She'd be like, "I don't even want to talk about it. You don't, you don't want me to talk. Don't even want to talk about it." You'd be like, "Yo, what, what, what you mean? What happened? What happened? What did you do?" I don't want to talk about it, Joe. Look, and then five minutes later, well, let me tell you anyway. <laughs> you, yeah. you really, you really be wanting to go off. See, Nicole know what I'm talking about. You really be wanting to just go off, like, but you be so upset with yourself for making decisions because, like Eric had said, and then you explained it from the definition. And and Coleman said because you didn't define it, right, or try to figure it out, right, it could have been a lust thing. Could have been love. Could have been love, could've and it could have been infatuation. So now, and this is this is interesting because I remember a friend of mine, he was telling me he said, you know, Q, when I meet people, I don't have no expectation, and I told him I didn't agree with that. I said. Everybody has an expectation of somebody, whether they're low expectations or very high. You have to have an expectation. He said, no, I don't have expectations of nobody. If I meet somebody and we just stay friends, it's cool with me. If mm -hmm. I meet somebody and it goes a step further, it's cool with me. So make a long story short, he's, you know, he's still single that, now. Um, and he's been single and he's happy. He's very happy where he's at. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want you to think that he's, because he's single, he's not happy. He's very happy, but he, he just doesn't meet people with expectations. But that's the way that you develop healthy attachments when you don't have, or healthier attachments, when you don't have those expectations. Because you add, let's say you add the equation, the, the equation for short-lived <laughs> interaction. You, you add lust, plus an expectation that this is going somewhere, plus the other person not feeling the way about you that you feel about them, or you not feeling about them the way that you feel they feel about you, plus poor communication, you have a disaster on your hands. You know, it's, it's funny that we, we, we even went down this rabbit hole, right? 
I see Helena's statement, excited for a while, and then you have to ask yourself, what the hell was I so excited about? And that's, and that's so true, right? But I was, but we went down this rabbit hole with this, with this part of the conversation, and I'm glad we did. So the other day I was sitting back and I was at work and I was thinking about today's show, you know, um, always thinking about, you know, what we're going to talk about, how we're going to address it, how the show going to go. So I was sitting back thinking about um, waiting to exhale. Yes. The book, the book turned into a movie by Terry McMillan. Yes. And you know, I always bug out off of certain clips in the movie, you know, yeah. uh, I got my Michael T. Williamson clip. I always think that's just the funniest thing. Yeah. Uh, he just got so angry he called a B. But one of the one of the one of the um parts of Waiting to Exhale that I thought was very, very interesting. I think that a lot of times um we don't understand it, but I thought it was very, very interesting. Was the Wesley Snipes role in the movie? Yes. And when he wrote her the letter. Yes. I just thought that was just interesting because he he felt as though without the intimacy, he realized that he fell in love with her. And I thought that was like, and I was the other like I told you the other day I'm sitting back thinking about the show, like all right, me and Julia gotta do this show on Thursday. What what we how are we gonna address it? And I was like, yo, just think about that. Like, like interesting thing, yo. That's just an interesting thing, and you like, know, and a lot of and a, and a lot and if you tell that to a lot of people, they'll be like, "Huh? What do you mean? What do you mean you was never intimate with this person, and you 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 fell in love or you realized that you were in love with that individual?" And he said, and he said in that scene, at, oh, when she's reading the letter, he expresses to her that she is the only other woman besides his wife that he has fallen in love with. And so when we look at that scene, what was it that he loved? It was partly, if you you know break the scene down, it was partly the ability to have that, that conversation, that conversation with her at the bar. Yeah. She was initially, she was initially standoffish, but then she opened up herself to him. The other thing was she was beautiful to look at, just gorgeous, right? Yeah. But a lot had that conversation. And then even in her hurt, disappointed, and heartbroken state, she was able to communicate to him what had happened to her. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was in a similar situation and that her ex-husband was, and that he felt that compassion for her, and they were able to relate. That's intimacy. Yeah, that's true intimacy. That's true intimacy that I can share my heart with you. Yeah, I thought that. I don't know what made me think about that movie. I just, like I told you, I just think that a lot of times, because the movie has so many different angles from a relationship standpoint and relationships, and how um, dealing with your books how we settle for certain situations, how we don't settle for certain situations, how some people are supportive. And I think that those four women and all their interactions, it speaks volumes about how we as a community deal with with our relationships and the complexity of those relationships. And I thought about that particular scene and was like, yo, he really wrote her that letter, yo. <laughs> 
and, and, and I mean, and in her reading of it, of course, it's, you know, it's a movie and it's based on Terry McMillan's writing. But in her reading of it, he was pouring out his heart, which I think, you know, referring it back to this book, I, I really personally feel that of all of the questions that the gentlemen answer in the book, that this answer is really for women. Like this question is really for women. Um, this question and question 13, but question number nine, how do you know when you're in love? What does it feel like to you? I think it's important for women to be able to understand what these men are saying because men and women have different ideas or sometimes we think we have different ideas about love and the answers that they give allows, allows us to understand how some men feel when they are in love. And it's important to understand that as a woman. Um, Hermes didn't even really answer the question. He talked about what love is not. Yeah, yeah. He 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 he, he avoided that piece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Nicole said, I have thought back on times where I thought I was in love until going into another relationship and that one ending the one prior wasn't really love. And that happens in a lot of cases as well. Because it it it, it has those three. Let's just say those three are categories. Love, lust, and infatuation. But then there are also there are also different aspects of love or different ways that you can love someone. And you know, one of the gentlemen in the book said that we should we should never compare love. If we if we if we're able to to not compare it because it will be different and and that's you know one of the things I try to caution my friends about like sometimes they say they're in love with somebody and it's like mm, you really like him a lot but he might be better suited as a business partner mm. or you really like him a lot but he might just provide you with that spiritual um connection that you're looking for like he might be a good prayer partner that doesn't mean that that's your man <laughs> or that that's and, your and, and that happens a lot of cases where a person could just uh it could be a just a friendship and you love that person as a friend and then you go too far and you'd be like i don't love you as no relationship I don't love you as a partner. I don't love you as a companion. I don't want to be your life partner. We could be lifetime friends, but now one of us have uh, almost crossed the line and it, it don't went too far. So I really don't love you like that. <laughs> so I'm asking, I see Eric's question. He said, that's why we must learn the true definition of love. I think everybody has a different definition of what they believe love is. I mean, we could say uh, a definition that would maybe be in Webster's right. or in the, or in the dictionary, but you know, asking these gentlemen that question—that's what they're giving us, and we can only go by what they're giving us and from our own experiences. I want to—I'd um, like to read what what Coleman said because I thought thought it was so magnificent. Can I go ahead and read that, Quincy? Absolutely. Okay, it goes, someone gave me a review on the book and they said it's an OG book because <laughs> an OG it's book, a what book? An OG book of rules. Something <laughs> that they wish their father or uncle had said to them. 
cool. Okay, so this is what Coleman says. He said several, um, in response to this question, he says several people on page 139, I'm sorry, several people much wiser than me have discussed this when conversations come up. When you're retired and you're on a porch or a lake overlooking the sunset, who is it that you want beside you? Who is there with you? And no matter how old or young you are, you're a hundred and something years old and you're sitting on the porch. And if you don't think about the person that you're with beside you, then you have a problem. That tends to longevity. Tomorrow, are we going to be together? Um, so that's how I know when I'm in love, when I can see myself 50 years from now with the person I'm with. Um, then he also went on to say, if someone asks you 50 years from now who you want on the porch with you, and if you find yourself trying to put that person in there, as soon as you ask that question, that 50 year scene should come up in your mind. Mm. And if that person is not automatically in there, your soul and your spirit is going to know. It's going to tell you. But if you have to put, build the scene first and then try to put that person in there, chances are you're not in love yet. What do you think about that, Quentin? Quentin Ford. <laughs> I think I think I think based off of Coleman's experience and expertise in the issue, he's explaining how, in retrospect, how it should be handled. Mm -hmm. He's given as 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 you said, he's given us the G code. How how you should go about it. If you can't picture yourself on that rocking chair, on that front porch drinking your lemonade with that individual, you know, forget all the the minutia, so to yeah. say. Mm -hmm. Forget all the the, the, the trips. Because yeah. we all can plan these trips and vacations and all the great lovemaking and spending time together. But he's talking about being the simplistic things and being able to be with that person in stillness. Still hearing that person's heartbeat, hearing that person breathe. Being able to being able to look at how their skin has aged and still being able to see beauty in that. Mm. Or admiring the gray in their hair. Or being able to reflect on the life you created together. And being proud of that. Yeah. That's love. Yeah. 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 So we're gonna um we're gonna reset the show and okay. then we're gonna come we're gonna come back. But um, you know, y'all in the chat, you know what we do all the time as a way of promoting the book. Um, you know, and a way of resetting the show. Here we go. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books focused on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. 
My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Yeah, I swear I, I love your promo. I love your promo to the uh, the opening to our show, as well as the book. I, I think, like I told you, I got both editions. Yes. And, um, Thank you, Quentin. I'm, I'm cautiously waiting for number three. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on three. it. I'm working on it. So, moving right along. Yes. Uh, we're going to put a cherry on this puppy, as I would say. And uh, next week's show. Yes. Episode 12 next yes. week is... What to you is better than love? Mm. Interesting question. That's going to be next week's question. Julia, do you have any final thoughts, statements, or comments that you like for episode 11? Uh, yes, I do. I think that although um, when we began the show, we were talking about um, the emotions that the men express, let them know when they're in love, but then they also talk about very important things in terms of knowing someone has their back and being able to trust someone with their life. Um, and so, you know, those are some of the indicators as well. If you don't have a copy of the book, I'd appreciate it if you purchased it, not just for me, but also for yourself or for any young men or young women that you know are starting to date or starting to get into relationships. The goal is to have healthy relationships within our community. So thank you, everybody. Always great to be here with you, Colton. Um, the only thing that I have to say, and I always tell you that um, I believe that I've read a, a nice amount of books in my life, and I'm, I'm reading like three or four right now. I believe that this book is um, a very good book. I believe that this book is is a guide, and it it give. I believe this this book is for men and women to read separately and maybe then collectively. Yes. Um, I believe that a lot of women could understand their mate better if they was to read the book. Yeah. Um, I believe that it, it it opens up the door to these ten general these ten gentlemen in this book it opens up the door to a level of transparency that a lot of people don't see yeah. or, show, or show to the general public. And this is why I always tell you, and like I told Coleman a couple of weeks ago, I really, really respect that his transparency because a lot of people won't share their feelings, not only to another individual and for a book, but to the world. Yes. Yes. So I hope that everybody in the chat, um, sometimes what we should do, is 
being able to pull a layers back on ourselves and look at ourselves and, and, and realize some of the mistakes along the way uh, that we've made to get to where we're at um, as individuals before we may or may not get into that next situation ship, so to say, because every body that you deal with, you're in a relationship with, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a work relationship, you're in that relationship with them. Somehow, yeah. so, so it can give you a better insight or as we would say, it's different levels to this stuff. Yeah. So um, I appreciate you guys in the chat this week, joining the show. Um, remember, you know, like, share, and subscribe. Yeah. Let everybody know what's going on because everybody could get a benefit from the book. With that, have a blessed week. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Crown Rules with our host, Quentin Ford, and myself, Julia Dozier. I am the author of two books, focus on the health and well-being of relationships within the Black community. My first published book, Crown Rules, One Woman's Journey to the Throne, is an explorative journey into the heart, mind, and soul of a woman. It is designed for the rebuilding of a woman's self-identity, her purpose, and her vision for her future. The book contains journaling exercises for her to document her transformation on her journey to the throne. The second edition will be available in 2021. My current book release, Crown Rules 2, How Black Men Love, is purposed to provide healing and restoration to the relationships we conduct within our race by establishing first and foremost that black men do love. The book contains interviews held with 10 black men at different ages and stages of their lives. They share the meaning, perspective, and their experience of love in their own words. Each week, Quentin and I look forward to discussing the book and one of the 13 questions asked of each man. And we invite you, our audience, to share your questions, your thoughts, your experience, and your wisdom as we journey through Black love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk Crown Rules. Please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe.